0: You are listening to Global Chat Radio and here is another one in our series of Meet the Poet and we have Peter Jeffrey and Susan Ash interviewing Deanne Lever on the launch of her new book of poetry called Consolations. Hi Diane, it's nice having you with us, of course, and I'm looking at the launch speeches. You enlisted two people to help you launch your book. That grand old man of WA poetry, Andrew Burke, and then Susan Ash, your mentor, PhD supervisor and friend. Now, Andrew mentions the absence of language in Kinsella's outline of wa poetry but andrew is sure that any future anthology will have your book as a keynote. so in a nutshell (laughs) can you tell us what language poetry is
1: sure in a nutshell um so it's an awareness of how language is constructed and it uses ideas like an open text Um, Where instead of pointing towards one meaning, there are multiple meanings and multiple ways of accessing the text. And um, so for example, the use of repetitions and how there can be no real repetition. Because every time something is repeated, it's in a different moment and in a different context. And so it's rejuvenated. And um, it also looks at things like how the reader constructs the writing and the reader engaging with the process of meaning making and opening up those meanings and um yeah there's also a focus on the sentence as a unit of meaning
0: well he then goes on to quote <laughs> 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 a plastic rose and feather dust to caressed a dirty knee angel with the words of a poet stuck in throat Um, Undone, crawling to begin again. Given uh, Andrew's delight in what you wrote, uh, can you uh, trace through that whole passage that he delighted in to show how it came about and what physicality or activity over and above uh, uh, actually composing it uh, might be involved
1: I think that we all experience the world through our own bodies yes. and that's the first um, that's the first interpretation that we have and that language helps to explain um, those experiences and articulate um, our perspective and yes. what's happening in in a physical sense and um, I think that in writing for me, um, yeah, yeah. it's as much affected by what I'm experiencing at any time within my own body, but also psychologically and yeah. um, over and above what's happening, um, yeah, within me when I'm writing. I think that um, I've had many challenges with mental health yeah. over the years and um, so things that I do struggle, do struggle with actually yeah. um, work in my when it comes to writing and to creating so uh, my mental health is as much a part of my physicality as my actual body I see it as being um, pretty much joined and um, yeah so I feel in a way that crawling to begin again is very much um, how I live my life and how I live my literary writing life is that I'm always starting again and I'm always crawling to begin
0: Well, now we come to Susan, of course, (laughs) and uh, as far as he's concerned, (laughs) you can do no wrong. (laughs) But I want to press it a little bit further. She said you have given her more than uh, than she has given you, but I'm quite sure you feel she gave you something quite remarkable what how would you sum that up
1: yeah look I had the privilege of working with Susan for over 10 years through both of my collections and um she's inspiring and she's passionate and she has a wonderful spark of humor (laughs) um she loves language construction and I implicitly trust all of her views um she never hurried me so she allowed me the space to work and to create and never put pressure on me in any way Hmm. and um she has been a great mentor and a great friend and she's given me many things but perhaps it was her guidance when i fell pregnant with my son and as a new mum which was probably the greatest Hmm. yeah
0: does gender have a bearing then on uh, what you write? would i be able to do what you did <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> i'm sure you could yeah. um so i think yeah. yeah there is a genuine tension with gender yeah. in constellations and some of it comes about because um of the myths that i yes. was writing about which were featuring male characters so hercules and orion and perseus and zeus For example, but I do explore the female experience, and that's where my understanding comes from. And um, I guess I hold those notions of domesticity, which you know were assigned as female, um, but have certainly changed and evolved. Um, So I know that, like in the past couple of weeks. I've been working two jobs and doing final edits of Constellations, and my husband did most of the housework. I did squeeze some ironing in, but (laughs) (laughs) he did most of it. I think that um, Constellations has that um, female experience because that is what I understand. But what that actually means is changing. So constellations really came out of my um, love of the sky and astronomy. And um, the concept is that I researched the myths and histories of the 88 constellations as derived by the um, International Astronomical Union. And I wrote um, 88 prose poems around those constellations. And then from those prose poems, I removed some punctuation and some words to create a rejuvenated poem, a different poem completely. And then from those remaining words, I made the connections into the actual um, constellation shapes, so what the constellations look like initially they were um presented in a box in a document box and um with the idea that a reader would not necessarily start at a beginning and then you know reach an end but would be something they could enjoy spontaneously at any point and um yeah and read in any way that they wanted to so um but I think just with the way things have been the last couple of years and um with COVID I'd been thinking of finishing things and completing things and it felt like a really good time to include Constellations as a book.
0: Could you kindly read, thank you, Constellation Hydra.
1: Hydrus is um, the water serpent. Serpent slips into water water curls between the thighs my scent was there before you my shadow caught like a parachute carved around gold scales trying to leap from the bowl circling its orbit if there's any understanding it's in writing the leaping to leap without missing a beat thought witnessed words are a serpent's tail carved into water feels like this breathing this writing writhing long curves enticing me to widths and lengths in the end is the size of letters crumbling in my palm in this hands upon knees shedding my first skin only skin want to start again skin slipped into sky gently gently in clouds catch like a parachute gently gently blown I, taste the t- I trace the tiniest cell, the tiniest mark within me, coaxer around my body, it slides, head tails, I flip, I twist, I fly. If I were a serpent with wings, magical things, the snug fit within, I would penetrate clouds, all curled up on the inside, my love. If you came into me, I would be, I would be hands and wings and secrets on lips, if I were this I would let these little spills, these leaks, these gentle cells divide, divide. If I could swim the distance between his desk and my stockings twisted at the toe. If I could fill these pages as though someone was reading. As though there were a way to end the serpent crawling, its rough belly tongue. I used to pretend I wasn't home. Took bars in the dated pilates in ball gowns, vacuuming my wedding dress camped at the letterbox waiting for any sign or news or postcard of flying fish listening for the roller door squeezing the tea bag a pinch against silence as the cat licks rodents from her lips I counted moments in commercials in the mirror please come home please come home mm-hmm. I painted the ways he made meaning on my face I wanted to be a star leather myself in Botox and shave buttocks small moments captured in pretty scars, his skin an ancient map driven by an invisible invisible continuation of feathers dipped in ink howling in the mind. I imagine you here and alleyways and broken shoelaces kicking out. I exist in the smallest of cells. I persist in the smallest of exits. A single point of light pushed around my body or glaciers or sandy shores washed up with a billion other bodies stuck to his feet and dragged through the house the big bang setting me free from this seed the serpent softly dancing
0: now the big question for me is that uh uh, what the poem reminded me of was a poem that i tried to write and it was uh quite a long time ago and uh, uh It was about a serpent, a little um, snake that had fallen in a pool. And uh, I was uh, so fascinated, almost to the point of obsession, about the way that body coiled in the coil of the scoop (laughs) and uh, uh, here in hydras you've scooped me (laughs) you've done it infinitely better than i have Uh, and uh, you put it at the beginning of it and those little subheadings are quite provocative Uh, uh, i don't think people uh, pick up on that whatever you'll be you'll be (laughs) well of course (laughs) and of course The poem came and you've written it and it's there. So um, where did uh, that image though of the serpent sliding into the water come from? And do you agree that its sliding slippery chain of thought carries to be literature instead of more literature? I wonder what Lee, by the way, (laughs) would mean if we pushed it to one side. In short, then, an entirely uh, entity, I take it, changes from word to concrete, chameleon object to a swirling motion. Could you read just the last uh, sentence and then I'm asking you in short are you happy with that as an ending
1: so the last sentence is the serpent softly dancing that's right and i think really the serpent is such a provocative um, image in literature you know we have of course The serpent being um, temptation and um, but for me there's something beautiful about a creature that is body it's completely body it doesn't have limbs um, and it um, I think in a way is just completely liberated and um, I think in terms of the process of constructing um, is never complete and there's no there's no finished or final ending for it and i think that the serpent experiences the poem yeah. as much as the poem is talking about what the serpent is so the serpent is sliding through the poem yeah and through language and yeah hopefully creating new meanings and yeah i guess
0: so you nonetheless say dancing yes yeah <laughs> uh, is the poem ended
1: the serpent dancing yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. all
0: right Well we push on then, uh, shifting onwards and beginning to inspect the, your love <laughs> of telescopes and microscopes, both yin and yang, <laughs> that generate a sort of yin and yang of course, of uh, vision. But even deeper than that you seem to push beyond seeing as, and maybe seeing feeling. So my question is. Can we ever know anyone? And if not, should we worry?
1: <laughs> so, um, I mean, we're all services and we meet the extremities in a way. and um, But we make meaningful connections in words we say in our actions and the way we treat people. And I think that's how we come to know each other. And I think that trust that we have is implicit in humanity. We have to believe that the person next to us is a good person and has a similar um ethical responsibility to how we treat the planet and how we're treating each other so important so yeah i do no that's
0: not and then we could shift finally then to the third one and it was almost whimsy and i saw you do the throwaway line <laughs> though <laughs> I, I was looking for it but you just did it off the cuff where you said you, you weren't going to tell us our fortune <laughs> that, rather that you would just uh, take it away from uh, astrology to astronomy as
1: you were saying before Peter so um there are these, these little fragments, these yeah. sentence fragments at the beginning of every constellation. Um, so for Aries, it's threads that bind us, release us, relieve us, we weave us, we leave us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could you go through that slowly again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So um, it's threads that bind us, release us, relieve us, we leave us, we weave us. Uh, it's just a little bit of language play and seeing how i um, just changing a letter or two. Um, yeah. So I yeah. no. so lose where I am, slipping over, skipping over. If this is the point of departure, I might never trace my finger down this page again all my imaginings of you over the counter falling in this space and all imaginings of you i encounter folded into flipping in crawling to begin my infant breath inhales yours passing coins waver spinning threads of blue and pink web behind my irises plaque braids in womb curled my desperation alluring push out stomach hand on hip Hold it like a secret between us, try the fit, entwine body and mind, divine, divine. If this is the point of departure, I'll scrawl it in tapestry clouds I stitch behind eyelids, shadows that linger in a blink, each word knits one, pearls one, casts off, spinning fleece and thighs astride, severing moments from threads dangling. He says, I love you, even with a child, even with singed edges, scorched from torn from one cast off. Child cries in my eyes, child lies. Pink is for oceans, blue is for sands, yellow is trapped by my sight. Slipping threads free falling, miming confusion. Patient for change over the counter. Me floating on those tapestry clouds, dangling feet over moon craters at midnight. Threads splitting, eyes curling. The perfect you illusion erupts and shifts. I sip daydream bliss, sip my way into this. If this is the point of departure, I imagine where sun's caught in orbital fluttering, our circling ecliptic unfurling, believe you can fly, then fly. You in the distance holding on, clinging through crimson stings, the umbilical slice, binding secrets between us. Holding on, can't hold on. Silent shadows drag the water, stalks the pool hard, and I untangle and untie, and I, will it fly for you, will it fly? Gravity loses grip, pushes my head below the counter, rippling surfaces between us, ends waltzing, the start of something new moves down the page, golden fleece spins, slips between coins, threads, ties, lies, and I lose my place. You can't look away and we're falling
0: am i right to see that this poem is really about having a child and the relational threads that this then generates to make you uh, feel truly family in short you mentioned uh, at the close of the launch that uh, you for you the project is never ending yeah
1: so my son my son under like transformed my understanding of what love is and it was a long journey to have him and um you know i've experienced love romantic love i have a large extended family i'm passionate i'm a poet i love yeah. emotions and yeah. <laughs> but um the the love that I have for my child is something completely separate and different yeah. and I think if he said to me you know for me to be happy you need to stop writing I would probably stop writing yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, um yeah. it's so powerful and also transformative and um a lot of this connect um collection does have reference to pregnancies and to childbirth yeah. and to being a mother um just Implicitly in the way that it was written.
2: Hello and uh, welcome, Diane, and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. And congratulations on your beautiful poetry book constellations. Thank you. I think it is an enduring deli- uh, enduring tribute to both your passions of astronomy and poetry. Um, the idea of constellations is so romantic and poetry about constellations is even more so. And I wish our listeners could see your book uh, of poetry and you have poems written on a black uh, black pieces of paper with white ink and that creates such a stunning effect so thank you again for such a beautiful poetry book Uh, the first question that I had for you is what would you say to um, the poetry and astronomy enthusiasts who approach
1: your book it's a really good question. Um, so when I was researching constellations, I read a lot about astronomy and a lot about poetry, of course. So to the astronomer, I would say that constellations aren't to the degree perfect. The poems as constellations are an abstraction and they're not mathematically aligned. And to the poet, I would say that I don't have any of the big answers to our questions, including what I think is the biggest question, which is where are we, yeah. um, but to the poet, poetry enthusiast this is a space to play and invent and create connections in language and to the astronomy enthusiast you may find ways of describing our universe and when we describe we invent ways that we can experience and um, to both I would say that language is constantly moving and the universe is constantly moving and we're caught in that movement. Wow
2: caught in that movement absolutely and I think you've captured what the science behind astronomy is, and you've also brought in all the nuances of the language and poetry in it. So fantastic. You. Um, could you read one of the poems from your collection um, that actually talks to both the astronomer
1: and the poet? Certainly. So the poem I'm um, going to read is Antlia, the air pump. Um, it's within the Lacalle constellation family, and this group was named after um, objects. So, names bloom in flowerbeds, eclipsing our sky, alphabets setting over nasturtiums, over paving, over constellations, orange-yellow flaming rise, little faces peeking under sheets, galaxies suckling suns in dialects that remind me of home, Scarborough beach at sunset, pulling doona up to chin, chasing memories of warmth, pruning language, petals dangling from my fingers, secateurs deciding where to love and where to cut. He breathes potpourri in my hair, I keep it in pillows to remind me. He entwines me with a plastic rose on his desk, like I'm catalogued and pressed in star maps, pushing at vanishing horizons, compressed flowers drying on the page, sucking air from everything, pushing my breath in a surface without dimension, Falling through a sky filled with holes. Falling through pink gingham squares to feathers to foam. He glues awkward inanities into stories. Trails of clockwork gardens shining in his sky. Words in petal rise, sleep, seep. Decaying as we cling to branches. Bed becomes the place I die every night. Divining a science of naming. Driven by invisible centres. Guided past a lunar goddess Rusting outside my window my small dreams limp away what metal cradles his breath when that skinny heart skipped beating what breath did he enclose in that plastic rose so pretty he twists silver stars and striped debris and pirouettes around an indifferent sun a hole punch twisting pushes them around his desk with his tongue, tests orbit with paper clips and magnets, polishing leaves, navigating islands in the sky where dead machines lie. Beauty flatters the mind, his fingers down my spine. I grow colder in sheets and older at midnight. Imagine space stations fishing for pearls. Emptied space is not empty space colonized. Slipping on decks, words drifting, prying open meaning names plucking buds afloat on an ebony ocean going straight into this moment draw a rose with my breath etched by my finger an origami hole I slip into blooming nasturtiums and roses and alphabets flaming in glass parts of me longing for completion and constellation a rose here is a rose a bloom in my eyes contains our world where gravity is wasted try inflating the sky, breathe into this sphere, watch it float over gardens, over fences, over stars, potential blooming in my thighs, shaped by voices plucking dreams from my sky.
2: Wow. That is really, really beautiful and powerful. And the way you worded it, it just felt like, it has that peacefulness, felt like stargazing. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) One question that I was really eager to ask you was about any favourite myth, anecdote or story that you uncovered in the writing of your book?
1: There were so many. Oh. There were so many myths and stories that I read and, um, you know, that was part of the joy of, of writing it was that there were so many wonderful stories and um, I incorporated those into the book Poetry, and you know, sometimes it's subtle. So, for example, when I'm talking about coins and passing coins over, I'm talking about death mm. and the myth of the ferryman being paid, and um, the poem. Gemini is about the myth of Leda and the Swan, which is one of my, probably one of my favourite myths, mm. um, that idea of duplicity and that something so beautiful, yeah, it was, yeah it's completely different. And um, her children, the twins Castor and Pollux. Yeah.
2: Interesting. So maybe you could read that poem for us today.
1: Yes, certainly. So it's Gemini. feathers on sheets collapse the mind like tiny love letters belly in flight as i blush them aside she never taught me how to build nests forgot what she was doing halfway through getting me dressed i guess the rest collect things remember things clean things got rid of my things so i could write things balance words precariously in odd corners a plastic rose two blue shells a ballerina dancing dust their shapes to remind me, sweep tiles with pizzazz, sticking into black check, white check, bleaching grout between lines, connected by the other's edges. Heart remembers its tracing, erasing, scratching at my egg, rolling it around the kitchen, find me perched on the sink, squalling lullabies down the phone. Heart remembers picking at those ed- edges, pulling threads through holes, an illusion of familiarity I could fly to, twin hearts pecking tapestry clouds an umbilical jolt torn from womb stitches flailing severing the orbit of binary suns a dry birth i rock i tear a tear for you a tear for me and there are no more suns tomorrow no more alphabets lifting the page collapsing in my mouth galaxies caught in the others spin he plucks feathers from my prose Plants them in his brother's eyes. Flight to the other side. Bridged by verse. Together they rise. Dear Scurry. illuminating Each wings the other. I mourn down the sink. Ply the huff of feathers from breeze. Open the window. Pinch the gap. Shove it into minutes. Scratching the clock. Second by second. He has feathers on his tongue. Feathers in his paws. Both slipping from the nest. Disconnect at the lips. Hips. Lips flickering on sheets, scrawled into piles. I keep to remind me, pills I take. I keep to remind me, tiny love letters I swallow. Ooh. That was
2: really, really beautiful and very charming. Thank you. Uh, I want to be frank Gemini is not one of my favorite constellations, oh. but that definitely <laughs> was one of my favorite poems. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing that I really appreciate about your poetry book is the visual impact that it has. And uh, there's a visual arrangement um, of words inside your poems that uh, coincide with how the stars are arranged in the constellations. So I was wondering if there is a process behind how you've written those poems, how you've arrived at that arrangement, and also if there were any challenges while you did that.
1: So my process was writing over and over, and um, so, you know, starting with the prose poem, which um, was a really, really dense poem that I worked on over many, many years. And once I'd finished the prose poems, then I could start the second and third poems. But the difficulty that I had is that when I edited the prose poems, which, I'd, which I did over and over, those edits meant the second and the third pages changed as well. So that was a difficulty, and the other difficulty I had was to find the constellation shape, which was really, really hard. So in some cases, the constellations had, you know, two or three stars, and um, although it took some time to find, you know, where they sat on the page, it just took a long time. And some constellations have more than ten stars, and they're quite um, complex, and I had to manipulate where they were positioned on the page. Um, As well as deal with distortion. So you can't just um, place a constellation map over the page and end up with a constellation shape Um, That just doesn't work and it's a little bit Like processes in mapping. So the Mercator projection for example, which is the familiar map of the world that we see has its land masses distorted so While it would have been easier to have just overlaid the poems, um, the prose poem space, the space that I was starting with and that I was mapping, um, didn't allow it. So it was actually really hard. Um, When I finished, I bundled my drafts up with twine and I tied them all up and I left them out for the council clean-up. (laughs) I often wonder what someone would think if they undid these piles (laughs) of um, paper with all these strange lines and words (laughs) yeah
2: I think it would be a fabulous find if someone does find them that that would be really interesting so thank you so much again and I think you've answered all my questions and your book is a delight so congratulations again thank Thank
1: you you so much thank you